Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Um, I am just absolutely delighted um, to have Rachel Allen um, joining me on the show today. Um, Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. And maybe I should have said, to be clear, everybody, Rachel Allen, PhD, okay? Um, (laughs) This woman knows her stuff. Let's give her the credit. Um, You know how to be a student. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, and I really appreciate, you know, talking to somebody that does have like the actual scientific background because everything that I do, I do it because I'm just like, oh, I know this to be true. This is what I've experienced in my own body. And I really appreciate having you here, like someone who has that experience and, you know, also has like the knowledge and the wisdom that you've, you know, you've learned through all of your studies. You know, I think it's sort of like, we can all work with all of it hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Lifelong students, always <laughs> still learning, but yeah, I did get that base <laughs> of getting the, the PhD and have just finally barely paid off the student loans. Okay. <laughs> all right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, um, so for all of my listeners out there, um, I'll just give you, um, a little brief background about Rachel, um, before we dive in. Um, so she is a licensed, uh, clinical psychologist, um, a certified yoga instructor, um, a public speaker, a relationship therapist. And then um, most recently, um, she is the author of a new book, The Pleasure is All Yours, uh, Reclaim Your Body's Bliss and Reignite Your Passion for Life. Oof. Um, oof, there we go. Oof, yeah, yeah, what a it, title. Yeah, what a title. And you know, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know, I just don't really respond when people send me random outreach, you know, like I get people pitching my show. I don't know, for some reason, I think when you hit a certain threshold of, of episodes or something, people just start randomly pitching you. And, um, and so I get all these submissions all the time. And most of the time it's like, total crap. You know, I'm just like this. No, this person is not aligned. No, 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 no. But I got to say, Rachel's um, team reached out to me and I, you know, sort of started reading about her and I thought, oh, you know what? I think this woman is the real deal. Like, let's get her on the show. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm really something, but, but yeah, something. at the moment, a pleasure expert, we could say, um, we but yeah, I'm glad that my publicist was, was able to connect because it's true. It's hard when you get so much, it, I mean, you have to read right. out and, and pick and choose. So yeah. this was, must be meant to be. Yeah. That that's what, like, if I, I really, y'all, I mean, I know you've probably heard me say this, but I just so listen to my body when, with every business decision I make. And I was like, I, I started reading about Rachel and it's like, oh, my body started opening. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that means that I'm supposed to meet you. <laughs> Thank you to your body and for you to listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, so I think, you know, today um, for all of my listeners out there, I think, you know, we're going to dive a little bit into um, just hear about Rachel's story and sort of like how how she got here and what has really inspired her body of work. Um, and then we're going to have a chance to talk about um, bodyfulness. OK, I love this term, um, which is an embodiment method that that um, Rachel has developed. And um, and so I think, you know, we'll we'll spend sort of the second part just uh, really kind of diving into some of her practices and, and ways that she works with people and and really what Rachel has just learned, you know, over time about pleasure and being in your body. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so excited because every time I have a conversation about this, I'm like, I just learned something. So I. I cannot wait to see. Yeah. What a layers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Rachel, how did we get here? My friend, <laughs> oh, <laughs> what gosh. is happening? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always <laughs> joke that, you know, if, if I was an accountant or something, people may, might not be as interested. I um, know. The, right. That's what you signed up for. <laughs> People definitely want to know, like, huh, what led you to want to talk about these taboo yeah. topics? That really is, yeah, I think how I've always been. Um, mm -hmm. Just came out of the womb, a bit of a, a, a truth teller and not even capable of like, pretending into a fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, but, but yeah, I was fortunate that I grew up my in a household. My mom was really open about intimacy and the body, the reproductive body gave me all those books, like what's happening to mm. my body. And, and, yeah. um, I joked how like in second grade when we're learning where babies come from and everyone's like the stork or, you know, mommy's tummy. I said, mm -hmm. no, it's the uterus. <laughs> like I knew the actual, oh my gosh. just in a natural way. Um, that's was so amazing. Yeah. And then it was when I realized other kids weren't really getting that sort of education that I, as I got older, realized, okay, is something wrong with me? You know, what's the deal here? Mm. Um, but I, I, and my mom really helped make that just a normal conversation that we're sexual beings, that we have reproductive bodies. Me and my sister each had a party when we got our periods. Not oh like my gosh. Party, but a family party. A family party. That's yeah. so amazing. Presents and all that. So, and then my dad was kind of more your typical guy as far as he wasn't really diving into those conversations as much. He was certainly supportive of my mom, but he would really encourage like the, the athlete in me. And I think so that combination of mm. just really connecting to the power of my body as an athlete and, and movement of self-regulation paired with my mom's sort of pro pleasure, sexual mm, wow. sex positive vibe is part of why I wanted to help others to feel more of the sense of kind of ease and life force energy with regard to their body and pleasure. Wow. And what, um, what, tell me about your mom. Like, 
<laughs> you know, like it's so extraordinary. Um, mm -hmm. especially, you know, I don't know exactly how old your mom is. Right. But just, I imagine for a woman of that generation to be that open yeah. with her children. Right. And thank you for asking about my mom. She passed away at the end of May, basically almost six Aww. weeks before the book came out. So it's this interesting cycle of life. Like her, she contributed so much to me writing the book and passed away. Yeah. And then the book is its own birthing process. Um, but my mom was, I mean, her own mother died in childbirth with her and she's kind of bounced around from relative to relative. And I don't know if there was just this pluckiness too of, kind of being on her own and being her own person. But I do think she was a little bit of a woman ahead of her time and um, a real feminist and just sort of very eccentric yet ethereal yet, you know, um, did her own thing. Um, so, so yeah, I definitely channel a bit of, of that from my mom, Claire. So. Wow. Just uh, a free spirit. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And just had, she just figured things out, you know, on her own because she didn't really have a consistent family. Um, but I think just picked up a lot of things from different family members, different parts of the U S that she lived in. And so just, yeah, it was kind of beating to the tune of her own drum or however that saying is. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that's, and that's how I tend to be as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, what a gift. And, um, oh, Thank you for, for sharing about her passing. I mean, it's sort of, uh, yeah, just the timing with your book, you know, that's, uh, wow. That's yeah. And my mentor, my mentor passed away last summer and then my mom this summer. So it's, it is like, they really contributed so much to, I mean, uh, there's a ton of people that contributed to the creation of this book and even bodyfulness itself is really an integration of so many other wise women and teachers. And so I guess, you know, maybe same with your work too. It's, we get mm -hmm. to benefit from these mentors and teachers right. and family members. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so what was the thing that really had you, um, go down, uh, you know, go down this path of, um, you know, working, working with couples around sexuality and intimacy and relationship problems? Um, you know, I imagine it's just not for the faint of heart. <laughs> I, know. I know couples work is can, oh yeah, sometimes I'll finish a couple session. And I'm like, oh, I gotta go, gotta go lie down here. Take some deep Breath, yeah. um, because you really have, you know, two people and then you also have, it's like this third person, which is the relationship. Yeah. Um, so I would say the majority of my work is with individuals and maybe about 20% oh, yeah. of my private practice is with couples, but it's a lot of people dealing with relationship issues um, right. you know, and whether they're single and want a relationship or they're in a relationship um, issues related to yet discrepancies in desire or trauma in the body that prevents them from being able to be vulnerable and intimate, mm -hmm. uh, different issues around, uh, sexual orientation. Uh, and just a lot, I do, I'm interested in also helping people with just body marginalization and body othering that mm -hmm. has, they've experienced on a systemic level and how they feel that individually too, because that's really where my premise is that it starts from the body up. Um, you know, we can't really think our way to this sexual liber liberation. I think it really starts more in the felt sense and the visceral inner knowing of the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, and what has um, your journey with your body been like? Oh, God. <laughs> 
like, oh, turning it on me. Let's see. Yeah, no, it's it's been very, uh, I, I feel really fortunate to have reunited with it mm-hmm. probably about 12 years ago. And I thank my yoga teacher training for for that, really taking me to that level of just self-regulation and inhabiting my body versus using my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because as a competitive athlete, it's, you know, it's amazing how athletics can be this wonderful um, way to connect to self and to be in your body and express and feel joyful in your body. And then of course you can get to a point where you're so competitive, um, and you're getting pressure from coaches that you're abusing it. Essentially you're, mm. it. um, I know a lot of some of my friends who are former competitive athletes that are around my age, you know, have their bodies broken down or knee surgeries or this or that. So for me, it was, I went from really loving athletics to then being in a place where I was scrutinizing my body or, and doing endurance sports, you're supposed to be sort of smaller and not take up space, right. be too heavy. Um, and now, you know, it's like, fuck that. Take up as much space as I want. I'm going to eat what I want. It's intuitive eating. I listen. I, I have my own, you know, uh, cause and effect of like, what do I really need right now in my body? What do I put into it? You know, rest, movement. Um, it's, yeah, it's that, it's that interoception, that sort of deeper body intelligence that, but I really credit yoga as being the first sort of consistent method for me to, mm-hmm. to reunite with like my body in the way that I had been as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, Expressive, yeah. playful and everything. You know, I just, I love that. Um, Cause the thing it's just having me get so present too, is that there are, there are so many different modalities and ways to connect with your body you know? And, um, and so I think, you know, people have all sorts of different, uh, sorts of different pathways. And, you know, the thing I teach women is like, okay, let's, let's have you get a a pussy stroking practice and, you know, all of these things, Mm -hmm. but it's, uh, but it's like, there's a lot of ways. And, um, and so it's really up to like, you know, each person to just say, okay, this is my path or that's my path. And, you know, there's no, there's no right or wrong. Um, Yeah. And I, when I think about the work you do and and kind of how it really, how our work is complementary, and, and I mean, the, the pleasure is all yours is a book that I really wanted something that was for sort of the average everyday person who is sort of repressed, good old American repression. Yeah. And that yeah. might, you know, something like pussy stroking to them might be something right. that would be a bit out there. They're not there yet. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the book that gets them to then get to a place mm-hmm. where they can really do your work and benefit from it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really more of this almost like beginner's guide or intro guide to really kind of holistic holistic healing in the body, looking first at the systems in place as to how do we get so sick and repressed mm-hmm. and then what's our path forward. And, um, and then how do we expand that bodyfulness into our birthright to receive pleasure, all of life's pleasures, rather than pleasure being reduced only to, to sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a primer for the, maybe. The yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it is so needed, you know, because I, I mean, I just remember, um, <clears throat> you know, being on my journey and like having no idea where to turn, like when I couldn't feel pleasure in my body, you know, and mm-hmm. like, I found a few books and I got a vibrator and, you know, sort of tried these things, but 
it was, uh, I didn't even know, I didn't even know where to start, you know? And so a book like this at that time probably would have been great for me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Just to say, oh gosh, where do I even begin? Like, and why, why am I, why do I feel guilt or shame or why do I not like being in my body or why do I not even know my body or why is it so hard for me to have a, you know, have an orgasm or to, get out of my head. I mean, just because it started with, I was, I I've had pleasure parties over the years where I've gathered women and okay. what I found is that, okay. yeah, yeah. Pleasure parties. I mean, it's, and a lot of times people think about, okay, you're buying and selling uh, sex toys, which might haven't necessarily been along those lines, but they might venture to that, but certainly talking about all types of pleasure. And I noticed that people would show up and they just, they wanted to have mind blowing orgasms or body blowing orgasms, as I like to say, yet they didn't even like their body, know their body, weren't really in their body. And so for me, it just felt like I was Mm -hmm. doing a disservice if we just went right into like, here's how to have an orgasm when they didn't even, again, they weren't even connected to their body. Um, Body terrorism, especially that, that women can face. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it really is so important uh, to realize like just the simplicity of this conversation. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Maybe you might have like a mind blowing orgasm, but like, let's just start with like taking a few deep breaths and feeling mm-hmm. your body and being present. I love wow. that you really, um, well, that you really learned about like meeting people where they are. What a gorgeous example. Like, let's yeah. have a pleasure party. Tell me about these pleasure parties, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm having one this Friday too. It's, you know, like the one I'm having on Friday, will have a pole for pole dancing and then my aerial silk will, so there'll be definitely embodiment of some dancing, but also just some good old, like some drinking some Prosecco uh-huh. snack, um, on some, you know, delectable things, but also let's have a conversation about these things that we haven't really talked to other women about wow. so there's a lot of just discussion really a safe space but a fun discussion and then the, the embodied movement piece that's that's what is happening this friday and this is just more of a kind of a closed group personal thing but yeah. sometimes in the past i've also you know i've led kind of an opening and closing circle and different um, movement mm-hmm. i mean the getting into the body is key because mm-hmm. we can we can't really think our way only mm-hmm. to that, that sensual self <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. And I love that you're doing this in Minneapolis. <laughs> I know. It's funny because when, as I told you uh, before, I went, I was living in LA at the time of the pandemic. And, but when yeah. I, I went there, I was actually going to go there just sort of for a year to try it out and do some more education and networking. And before I was leaving, I had people in the Midwest saying, Why are you going there? There's already a lot of people doing what you're doing. We need you here in the Midwest. We need this is where we need more of the, the help. So. Um, totally. I guess everything's digital. A lot of things are digital now. Yeah. There's so much, but I, you know, I really think these in-person, um, like intimate erotic spaces for women are so healing and so important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's different. It is just different than what happens online. Yep. Yeah. Because it's, <laughs> there's no way to, to replace that, just that shared energy, the energetic 
collective yeah. of being there in the room together. And I think it yeah. makes it easier for people to maybe, you know, be a little bit more courageous. Also can just some of the laughter and the, the, oh. the hours of the fun that can come from it too. So it's serious topics and also fun topics interwoven. And mm-hmm. maybe the first time people have spoken it out loud to somebody else. And so, yeah, yeah. it's, um, I mean, hopefully there's people can find benefit of both, you know, ones, maybe going to one online if they can't be there. Otherwise yeah. you're having ones in person. Oh, yeah. I am like such a yes to creating more of these spaces in person, you know, and, and I love, like, I just love meeting women like you who are doing such, you know, sort of tangential work. Like I'm like, it's, we need all of us on deck. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Make a difference. I'm going to bring you into my bodyfulness collective. <laughs> oh, that sounds hot. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. All right. Thank you for, um, for, yeah. So generously, uh, for so generously sharing about that, and, you know, before we recorded, I was telling you about my slutty soiree that I hosted <laughs> here, you know, in Los Angeles last week. And it's not the same thing, right. But it's the same idea of just like bringing approval to women and dr- dressing up in lingerie and just like letting us have those conversations. So um, that sounds yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you would love it. <laughs> oh, I got to go to that someday. You do it again. I want to be on the list. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay. Well, let's um, let's dive into just um, some of the things that you talk about in the book. Um, I love the way you broke it down into just like the first part is really about like, okay, how did we even get here, <laughs> you know, to this disconnection with our bodies, And so I would love for you to just share a little bit about sort of how, yeah, how you see the disconnect that we're having um, just as a whole, especially as women, you know, Mm -hmm. in this world today. Right. I mean, I think that first section of the book is the social justice me (laughs) that feels like we need to understand that because we are living within some really oppressive, sick systems to this day. And that the origins of of America are are rooted. We are one of the most oppressed countries in the world now still. And yet in our, our roots, whether it be kind of the puritanical roots and the white supremacist patriarchy and capitalism and the industrial revolutions, all these ways in which not only have we been, um, has there been what is being called body terrorism, this idea of sort of the othering of bodies based on the other gender, the color of their skin, their performative value and ableism, um, sexual orientation, sexual expression, you know, um, body sovereignty or choice of what they want to do with their body. So there's these, these, all these messages that really then prevent people from loving and appreciating being in their body combined with the capitalistic messages of let's, you know, we need to be machines, work more, work harder, be productive, always achieving. You know, I think therefore I am. And it's like, no, we're not robots. And thank God we're not. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that is so toxic. I mean, I, you know, it's like, I, I know all of this, but just hearing it from you, you know, it just gets me so present to what it's like when you don't realize all of these like cultural conditioning ideas that we have, like they're just, it's, it's just ideas. Like it's, it doesn't have to be that way, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's, 
that's part of why I wanted to even start off this way is to help people recognize that, you know, rather than just blaming yourself, like, look, let's, let's look at the bigger picture here, but also so that you can channel your inner rebel and say, no, I'm not going to buy in and lean in. And, and to then recognize, you know, women, you asked specifically how women are affected and just the sort of the gaslighting of women that has led us to be so hard on ourselves and so hard on other women and, and competitive to blame ourselves for things. And then to be really sometimes pretty ridiculously distracted and like the beauty myth and all the time and money that goes into that. That's also part of the patriarchy, which, and I'm not shaming anybody for being connected to um, some of these beauty rituals. It's just a matter of, you know, picking and choosing and really owning it and having agency and not Mm -hmm. feeling it's um, equal to our, our complete worth. So that, yeah, I think that that's, you know, for a woman though, to like have body sovereignty, connect to her body boundaries to, um, to not, you know, need a partner or, you know, to, and to earn her own money and to travel the world and to, you know, love expressing herself in her body is, you know, that it's really threatening to the patriarchy. And it's, it reminds me of, um, Audre Lorde and her, her wonderful, um, article about the power of the erotic. And so I think that's part of what our work is doing is it really lets reclaim and help women to come into the power of their own erotic energy, mm-hmm. that life force energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So fuck yeah, the patriarchy. Specifically <laughs> white supremacist patriarchy, I guess. But um, so that, yeah, that first section is definitely the more political me mm-hmm. that says, no, this don't, let's not buy in. This is sick. This is, it's not our truth as human beings. Our truth as human beings is to be expressive, not repressive, and to be, you know, sent to be sensual and to have balance with rest and purpose and meaning and to be in the outdoors and to hug one another and, um, you know, desire one another, all these things that are not naughty. <laughs> They're not mm-hmm. naughty at all. They're human and beautifully human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, naughty can be fun too. Don't get me wrong, but just in the, in the shaming sort of (laughs) historical way. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Just the, yeah, like I said, you know, it's like I, every time I have a conversation like this, I just, uh, I just get so present to how, um, how lucky we are to, to really like, understand all of this and then be able to actually like create a different pathway and just how, Mm -hmm. um, how sacred that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How sacred it is and how it's, it exists within all of us. It's just, it gets buried, you know, it's how do we peel away the layers to tap into and, and live from that sacred place and let it shine. Um, and have it serve us. Yeah, totally. You mentioned um, <clears throat> the power of the erotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm curious to hear your, uh, like how you, ha- what your perspective is on the erotic, like what that means to you and just how you see that as an energy. Mm, Yes. Well, thank you for saying energy. That's exactly like where I would begin because, you know, we think about sex can be, you know, really 
a behavior that even, I guess, two mosquitoes could be doing. Um, and then it can be obviously a lot more. And then when we bring in the energetic elements and the, and that's where I see eroticism coming in and not even just though, always with another person it can be that erotic energy with artwork yeah. or other aspects that are sensual or our own just connection to our own self. Mm -hmm. um, but that energy exchange, and I think it's so beautifully counter to, again, the dysfunctional ways that the United States approaches um, sex, which is very, um, you know, performative, very outcome-based, very mechanical, you know, yeah. um, as to this experience, you know, a process and an energetic exchange and, you know, something that is kind of intimate and in the moment. Uh, so, so I think for a lot of people, can you connect to eroticism in your daily life with little pleasure practices and, um, you know, your breath and fluidity of, of movement and each of your senses and um, or an art or film or that sort of thing um, in order to, to build into them being able to share that with somebody else, because that's a little more vulnerable, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, sometimes I talk about this idea of like erotic intelligence, mm -hmm. you know, which is it's a pretty, I don't know, for me, it's very cerebral to try to explain it, you know, and it's, for me, it's more just like when I'm in the experience of erotic intelligence, I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I can just like feel that. But I think that like erotic intelligence is the deepest form of intelligence. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely right. It's it's like an inner knowing of your desires, of your creativity, yeah. of kind of yeah, your essence and mm, um and, yeah. and a oneness with kind of others or something else rather than a separateness, mm -hmm. even though it can even be within our own self, but it's still like an integration of self. And um yeah, I think of I mean, I think it is powerful in that there can be people who can manipulate or abuse sort of some of that life force sexual energy um obviously it's like yeah. eroticism and sex can be magic or it can be tragic um but i and i think because we haven't had a healthy relationship around our erotic energy and sexual selves that's why it can be so manipulated um but but the the you know the beautiful side of it is yeah the ways that it it infuses in creativity and inspires people and Allows people to really listen to their true desires of what's true for them, not others say they should be or how they should desire. So real that connection to self. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and I think uh, just like, yes, things can, or I've found when women start turning on, or at least for me, when I started turning on, you know, there's no shortage of people in the world that want to connect with a turned on woman. <laughs> yeah. right? There's a magnetism, I think. But, yeah. Yeah. And right, there are some people who are who want to connect with a woman like that in a very consumptive way, like you said, you know, like where like, yeah, it can go totally haywire. And I just believe that like at part of our responsibility as women, as we grow into our sexuality, right. Is that we get to set our own boundaries and understand our own worth and like share with people how they can actually relate to us in a way that serves us. You know, this has been like such a lesson for me 
yeah. being like a good steward of my sexual energy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Have you found that there can be though, um, because of, you know, what we talk about and what we might represent to others and what we're shining a light on, there can be people who really push back or judge you or, you, you know, <laughs> you know, honestly, the, the people who are judging me are just behind the scenes doing it. I know it's happening. <laughs> like, you know, like I can sort of feel it. Um, and I'm just so not that concerned about it, you know? And then there are people who try to connect with what I'm doing, but they have like, their energy is slightly off, you know? And <clears throat> so like, I get a lot of women that reach out and they're like, oh my gosh, I really want to collaborate with you on this one thing or that thing or that thing. And it's like, oh wait, no, I actually think that you probably want something that I have. Oh, know? Ah, interesting. Yeah, right. Or I get men who are like, "How do you? I I, I want to connect with like really turned on women." And I'm like, "Okay, well then you need to do some training about your on your attention, right? And get like get a skill set, dude. And then you can handle a a turned on woman. But like yeah, a turned and- on woman is not something that you can consume." Mm-hmm. You know and what I mean? For your gaze and and yeah, yeah. Your- yeah. So I don't know. I think people can definitely misinterpret, uh, my work and our work. And I'm just not, I'm just totally don't put any attention on that. I'm like, it's not, it's not for me wherever people are mm-hmm. on their path is totally fine with me. And I'm clear on what I'm up to and the women who are ready for this, for your book and for my work, like they're ready for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just to help them to find us. Yeah, totally. Well, um, huh. yeah, I love that. Um, tell me more about bodyfulness, this embodiment method. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and isn't it interesting that we haven't had that word? I mean, we, we talk about mindfulness, it's pretty ubiquitous, but the right. word bodyfulness not being part of our everyday language is really symbolic for how it's, we haven't valued it. Mm. Um, you know, like there's how they say there's, um, tons of different words for snow um among mm-hmm. eskimos and yeah. that, that so basically it's a word that's now being used more and more bodyfulness um when i started using it i didn't know of who else was using it but there i'm finding that there are more people and and the way that i have uh, have integrated different different healing practices in the bodyfulness is it really starts with, okay, embodied mindfulness. Are you even paying attention to your body? Are you even noticing? Are you breathing? Are you noticing your digestion or um, your intuition? And so it's really a practice of starting to notice that wise language of the body in all these different ways. And, and so that's embodied mindfulness, but then where it really departs from mindfulness is then, you know, what do we do with that information? Because with mindfulness, it's paying attention, but then, then what, you know, okay, I noticed this feeling, but, and given what we understand as far as trauma being lodged in the body and how we need to do more than just sort of think about it. Um, so the second part of bodyfulness is really self-regulation practices that come from somatic experiencing and different um, types of somatic uh, psychology. Um, and, and from there, when you have the sense of paying attention and knowing what to do with it, it really creates sort of a body confidence and a mind-body, real mind-body connection. And that idea, again, of interoceptions, the, the, the dorky, nerdy word for sort of deep awareness of all these inner working systems that helps you to know what you need. And from there, 
it really leads to this third part of bodyfulness, which is about pleasure reclamation, which is that we aren't in this place of survival mode because we have these inner tools and we can then, this is where some of the education comes in around um, rewriting stories and letting go of the older stories that say, you know, you couldn't or shouldn't, or you're bad or wrong for having desires or being sexual or wanting to masturbate. And also just how can we start with receiving pleasures of all kinds first, you know, sensual, playful mm-hmm. flow states in order to then have that almost be like foreplay for erotic and sexual pleasures. So again, this sort of bottom up approach of if we're able to like really be sensual in our and playful with, you know, how our food or, um, on the tennis court or uh, these, you know, and really um, not be so self-conscious and to recognize pleasure as our birthright. It all is yeah, foreplay and then how it can be shared with somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So that's where the, I, I talk about bodyfulness. And then after um, I explain those three layers, I go into the different types of pleasure that I think are really important that a lot of people forget about, or they feel like they guilty, you know, especially women feeling guilty for even letting themselves receive in that way. Oh yeah. I mean, receiving, I'm like, this is the greatest tragedy Mm. of our time. I think that women, we just haven't been taught how to receive. We have no idea when, when my teacher said to me, you know, you need to learn how to receive I remember like all of the hair on my body standing up when he said that it felt so true. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't, I, what do you mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I just had no context for it. And most women don't. I yeah. think. Yeah. It's just this sort of association with it being, you know, there's not the time or it's selfish or do I, am I worthy or deserving of this? Or how do I even know what I want and ask for it to receive? Um, But yeah, it does start definitely with just, can you start to ask for what you want and need? Because we might not always get what we want and need, but we certainly aren't going to get anywhere if we don't put it out there. (laughs) Yeah. verbalize it, which is vulnerable. I get that. I mean, I, I think that a lot of bodyfulness is just helping us to ride the wave of discomfort and vulnerability mm-hmm. so that we can then show up in relationships and with intimacy, knowing that, you know, yeah, we, that we will get hurt, but we have an ability to, to kind of handle that within. Yeah. It's so, it is so vulnerable, you know, but I say, enjoy the yearning process. Like we mm-hmm. skip over this. I think in the whole, you know, sort of cycle with desire, it's like, no, it can actually be fun to just want what you want and not have it yet. <laughs> I think I need to work on that. I think I- <laughs> we, we worked on that at the slutty soiree. Oh, I'm going to that next one. I tell yeah, you, you got to come next time, but oh, no, God. it's uh, I, yeah. I love, I just, um, I love what you're saying about just opening up to all kinds of uh, pleasure in all forms and actually giving yourself permission, you know, to desire pleasure. Yes. It's such a big deal. Yeah. And I think to really reframe it as, you know, here's something, how did something that 
that is really so regenerative and healing and life-giving and helps with the collective get demonized. You know, it's like, wait a minute here. Um, And why are we so much more comfortable with violence and and death and threat on TV than we are with anything that has to do with the sensual, sexual, you know, even like just healthy conversations around sex. You know, my, I changed my Instagram handle from pleasure expert to Dr. Rachel Allen because um, they were really censoring anything that had pleasure in the title. It's like, how can I spread pleasure to the people if I can't even um, get on there? So it's still, it's still a problem to this day. I mean, we're, it's like, we might as well be in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. Oh, the old Instagram game. So it's a very, very fun one. Um, Yep. Constantly in a battle with them about the photos that I post. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh So I'm trying to be careful because I'm like, I care more about getting my message out there. Um, You know, but it's, yeah, they are, uh, they censor you. Yeah. The censoring to happens to, to this day. So, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's the two steps forward, one step back, we're sort of inching along here and, um, and because yeah, it's either been no conversations around eroticism and sex, or it's only like kind of gratuitous, excessive, again, right. like more pornographic performative type thing. Yeah. Totally. We're a little confused here, but you know, we're making our way. We're making, America. Our, <laughs> we're making our way. Well, um, I'm curious, uh, about some of the, um, maybe if there's a couple practices, like a a couple of the bodyfulness practices that you could tell us about, I'm just always curious about this, you know, because I'm like, this is half the time. I'm just like making up my own practices and, you know, I'm finding all sorts of things in different places. So, um, I don't know if there's a few that you think are, uh, maybe most impactful or that would be good for somebody who's uh, at the beginning of their journey, um, just in getting in touch, getting in touch with their body. Yeah. I think that it is, you know, it's so unique depending on the person and their existing level of, you know, connection to their body and level of repression. But, but I, you know, say I was, uh, would start with a client. I mean, we would have a guided meditation that really just has them do more of a body scan and breath different, you know, maybe we do some alternate nostril breathing and three-part breathing and belly breathing and expand into noticing right versus left side of the body, um, temperature, uh, digestion, and then, you know, where in their body is still kind of holding and gripping and taking responsibility, too much responsibility, mm-hmm. um, a body scan that might notice, you know, what part of your body is struggling and how can you say, thank you for doing the best it can and what part of the body is thriving. And you can say, you know, thank you for showing up for me. So sort of a lot, lot more of, of um, guided meditation along those lines. And then based on what is observed um, and what they might share with me, you know, we might go into some hip openers or some shaking or some self-massage or audible release. This is where we kind of get into the discharge and containment practices that come with somatic psychology. Um, and sometimes people need containment first because they're overwhelmed in their body. And um, sometimes people just really need to dislodge the, the some of the stress and trauma. So then we might have, you know, even foam rolling um, or walking and talking therapy. And um, so some of it's done in the session and some of it's just in your own life. How can you find ways to discharge, whether it be exercise or massage or but I, but definitely sound release is one of the things I think we were so buttoned up and don't realize. Oh. This. 
Yes. Oh uh-huh. my gosh. It's like, mm-hmm. it is life changing uh, yeah. to learn to start making noise. Right. And that like guttural noises as a, yes. that's a part of our brain too, and different area of release. Um, I mean, so it doesn't have to start with some chanting or oming and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it really can just start with let yourself sigh out loud, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and just notice how that feels different energetically there at your upper chest, how different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for some people we, we bring in just some sound release, but, and then also self-touch is a big thing, you know, so, um, mm-hmm. our own hands on our skin and the oxytocin that can be released there, um, and de- depending on how much time I have with them, like if I'm leading a retreat, we might go from this to dancing, you know, playing music yeah. and dancing and being kind of playful and silly and sort of that idea of embracing um, our pleasure in the body, you know, that mm-hmm. way. Um, and hopefully it's a practice, it becomes a life practice that people are doing all the time, every day. Um, so yeah, that it's, you know, it's hard with an hour of time with a client. And if I have two people of a couple, you know, it, it sort of where we'll pick up from there, but that's usually how it starts sort of the embodied mindfulness and then the discharging, moving, releasing, and then kind of how we can feel that softness and the sensuality or the playfulness or the desire and where we notice it in our body. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, um, will you clarify what you mean by discharging? Mm. So really releasing movement, discharging out the stuck residue, the mm-hmm. lodged residue of trauma in our body and our connective tissue. A lot of times that's got our hips. You know, we wonder, well, why do people do some hip openers in yoga and start crying? I mean, tears is a form of discharge. Um, sweating is a form of discharge. Um, the sound release we were talking about is a form of yeah. discharge. So um, I, this is all taken from just my trainings with somatic experiencing Mm-hmm. Um, with Peter Levine and then trainings on trauma sensitive yoga um, with um, David Emerson and Bessel van der Kolk for anybody in the somatic psychology world. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. Um, okay. So this is just having me think about sort of one other kind of side tangent. Not, yeah. it's not, it's related. Do it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go there. But I'm just thinking about, um, I'm sure you encounter. Uh, like women who have a hard time expressing their anger or expressing Mm -hmm. like sadness, you know? Um, Like I I remember for myself how, just how frozen I was in my body. And so, and just not having approval for anger, you know, and are these like darker emotions. And, you know, I've just found, I'm sure you see, like there's so much power in those emotions Um, But we have to just like create these containers to really like let that come through. So I'm curious how you, you know, maybe in the book or with your clients, how you work, um, how you work with women that feel a little stuck when it comes to some of these uh, darker emotions. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that when we look at the ways that we have this binary system of male and female and how males and females are socialized, it really doesn't do relationships any favors, especially, you know, heterosexual relationships in which basically males are socialized to, to be disconnected from feelings to, to basically the only feelings that are okay are anger and, um, mainly anger, you know, due to sports or something. Um, and they're not, other emotions are not allowed. And for females, it's, uh, so they're socialized that yeah, anger is not okay. Um, 
and that, but that they should have, you know, feelings that just mainly about nurturing others. Um, but they can be vulnerable, but yeah, then other, other more aggressive or sort of masculine energy sorts of emotions are not okay. And also a lot of females are socialized to disconnect from their bodies. So when we have males raised to be disconnected from their emotions, females disconnected from their bodies. Well, no wonder there's yeah. problems as far as for, for couples. I mean, that, and research has shown that, um, lesbian couples, um, their communication is a lot healthier and they recover from fights a lot quicker in part because they probably have been socialized in that same way to mm. um, be connected to emotions and talking, talking them through. Um, so, but I do, you know, I think anger is, is it's all our emotions are energy that want attention and want to move through. I'm, um, mm-hmm. I think I even heard in one of your podcasts, you talking about that as well yeah. episode. So, um, and I do think that we by and large feel more comfortable with anger males or females or non-binary in part because there's a charge there is less, less of a vulnerable component even though sometimes underlying that anger is actual grief or um bereavement or feeling mm-hmm. you know, out of control um so not always but that can often be sort of what underlies some of the anger too but it's hard to go to that more vulnerable place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally um and um and if there's a woman listening who's like, oh, gosh, yeah, I have a hard time accessing, you know, these things, what would you say to her? Well, I think with bodyfulness, trying to understand what it would even look like when there is anger that comes up. I mean, and in emotional intelligence, like, do you even let yourself connect to feelings? I mean, to all of all of yeah. well, first the emotions as they start in your body, and then how we label them as feelings mentally. Um, so I think. But I, I think you're trying to cultivate ways just to sort of let out a charge, let, you know, more sort of connect to masculine energy, connect to assertiveness there, and then see if that can guide them. I think sometimes what happens is people are afraid to connect to anger because if they've never been in that place, they think they're going to go to like balls to the wall. They're lose like, their mind. Yeah. Yeah. And punch somebody and I don't know, get put in jail or something. There's this yeah. fear of like, I won't be able to contain it or then I'll, yeah. and I've noticed that with people just with feelings in general, if they haven't been connected to their emotions and feelings, right. they're really afraid of yeah, being out of control with them for a while. And yeah. maybe they will, maybe they will go to the kind of you other. Might. Yeah, you might. And it'll probably be great. <laughs> Your body will probably be really happy you discharge like, that energy. Yeah, I mean, it's it really it takes something. It takes something. It's it is not for the faint of heart, but wow, there's so much richness on the other side. And then there are the people who are really maybe so connected to their emotions that it really dominates so much that it can be hard for them to just center or ground or sort of get into a place of being the observer to it all. I tend to be more you have emotionally driven person and um, and have had to come to a place of acceptance and help my clients come to a place of like, there's something wrong with being emotional. Why is, why has that become a dirty word? Also, you're so, yeah. or you're so sensitive. Well, yeah, we were supposed uh, yeah. to be. I'm <laughs> we're literally so sensitive. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. I am, I am so sensitive. And honestly, it's like one of the reasons I became a coach, I remember like crying in corporate America and thinking like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. As opposed <laughs> to seeing how sick maybe yeah. corporate America was. Busy. Right. Yeah. Oh, and, and realizing like, oh, actually my deep sensitivity is my greatest gift. It's why I'm so damn good at what I do. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a coach and then I will learn to not cry in corporate. That was literally oh. 
one of my thought processes. <laughs> oh, wow. And then think about how crying talk about, I mean, our, we wouldn't have that. Our body wouldn't be capable of releasing tears if they yeah. weren't really healing and, and yeah. health exists for a reason. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, yeah thank like you. A good cry to just soften us. Oh, yeah. So thank you for just bringing that piece through about um, the power of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So that hopefully then in the bedroom too, yeah. there can be your metaphorical bedroom, wherever, oh, yeah. you know, countertop, whatever it might be, that then you can be in this place where that's not where you're trying to, for the first time, be in your senses or the first time, be able to laugh at yourself. I think that we do often need to kind of practice some of these things, mm-hmm. I mean, but it's kind of both directions. But a lot of times, I mean, if you're able to be less self-conscious and laugh at yourself and be silly and playful or really like notice your senses in some of your day-to-day life. I mean, then it, it really comes much more naturally in the bedroom. Granted, you want to be with a trusted partner yeah. partners as well. That makes a difference, but yeah. um, then it's really such a place of like liberation and, and that energetic totally. talking about. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, that, you know, I mean, the way you are in one area of life is the way you are <laughs> everywhere. So if you can practice vulnerability in other places, next thing you know, you're like, oh, wow, I'm having super deep connected sex. How did this happen? Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Um, yeah. Rachel, yeah. thank you so much. Um, you are just such a gift. I'm just, How are um, you <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm yeah. I'm going to, I want to, find you when I'm in LA in real life. I IRL IRL. Yeah. This is how I have made so many friends through this show. (laughs) You've done 50 something episodes, 50 something episodes. Yeah. So episodes and, um, yeah, it's, I, it really has just expanded my network and I, I love that, you know, and I've met some really good friends through just having them. It was like, Oh, the friend of a friend. And then they came on the show and now we're good friends. And so this, this whole platform has deeply enhanced my whole life. And so I'm just so grateful um, that you got to be here today and just spend some time with me. I so appreciate it. Well, no, it's a joy. I could talk on and on and on about this stuff. (laughs) Second only to wanting to, you know, dance and play and frolic and karaoke and all those other things. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Um, Well, so uh, what would you like people to know um, about where they can find you, what you have coming up, um, the book, you know, all, all the things that you have going on right now? Yeah, with with the book, the pleasure is all yours. You can find it at most bookstores, Amazon, et cetera. It's through Shambhala Publications, and um, I also have a book club guide. So I'm going to be doing more with like that, that oh, cool. book club side of it. Yeah, but kind of. So right now, I do have a book club guide, but I'm going to create more of a comprehensive book club program just because it's a great thing for just circle oh, to read with other women. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And, and then I'm, uh, I have a winter retreat. I usually do a couple of retreats every year. Last year, of oh, course, fun. because of the pandemic, I didn't, but right. I have a retreat coming up in the Dominican Republic. And those are such, I mean, there's so much transformation from that oh, Saturday right. to Saturday that happens. Um, and this year it's the bliss, it's the bliss retreat is the thing. Oh, 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 okay. Rachel. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, I'm, I mean, drrachelallen.com is, uh, yeah. I guess, where to find it. Um, okay. Allen with a Y, A-L-L-Y-N. I don't know. It's some Great. special spelling. My relatives decided to, to give it. <laughs> well, we will make sure all of that is uh, included in the show notes. 
Caleb, you're the best. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My absolute pleasure. Um, And uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us for this conversation. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.